It's Seacoast Real Talk with John Rice. Exploring Southern Maine and New Hampshire Seacoast real estate and real life. He's the recognized expert of the Seacoast market with the kind of insight that only comes with 47 years of experience. From Tate & Foss, Sotheby's International Realty in Rye, New Hampshire, it's John Rice. Hello, everybody. Hello, John and Michelle. Hello, everybody. It's May 12th, 2022. This is a very full episode we have today. Yes, I know this podcast show is called Seacoast Real Talk, but this episode we're going to talk about recreation and things to do away from the seacoast. It's time to get out of the house, step away from your computer screens, and let's get outside and enjoy it. And we've got Sean Fellows. Sean, tell us a little bit about you again. So this is year number two, uh, working alongside John at Tate & Foss, Sotheby's International Realty, previous background as a golf professional. So it's been an exciting transition here. A lot of support from a lot of people that I knew previously in my career. So it's been uh, very exciting so far and, you know, very grateful for all of that support. He's burning up the seacoast. I bet. I bet. Plus, he's cute. You'll have to go and look at pictures. It's great. I I was told I had a good uh, radio face. No. (laughs) You could be on TV, that's for sure. First thing we're going to do today is we're going to have our market update, which, of course... What's going on with the numbers? Uh, We're going to have a profile on Wyndham, New Hampshire, which is the only non-seacoast town in Rockingham County where there are houses for sale that are more than a million dollars. So hubba hubba, let's talk about that. John is featured in New Hampshire Realtor Magazine, and he did a commercial podcast, which I can't wait to hear all about. We're going to hear what John's been telling the world, not just in his own podcast, but in other podcasts. And of course, we're going to talk about recreation for the coming months. May is here. It's time to thaw out literally, figuratively, and enjoy beautiful New England, seacoast, southern Maine. Uh, so first up, John, market update. Okay, well, um, the market is uh, was was pretty slow in April, but there were some indices that we're going to have a strong showing in May, but it's not May yet. So it was the slowest April ever for single-family sales in the Seacoast, and we're talking the 13 sample Seacoast towns when we talk the Seacoast. Bears mentioning that they are, for those of you who are aficionados of the coast, uh, would be Exeter, Greenland, Hampton, Hampton Falls, Newcastle, Newfields. Newington, Northampton, Newmarket, Portsmouth, Rye, Seabrook, and Stratum. Those are the 13 sample Seacoast towns that we take statistics from every month. From that group, we had the slowest April ever for single-family sales. However, this new trend was the fourth month in a row where we set a record for million-dollar sales, a monthly record. It was the most productive April for million-dollar sales ever, so that's... uh, a fourth time this year, in 2022, that we've had a new monthly record, not an all-time record, but a monthly record. And I think that's a function of the market appreciating. Would you agree, Sean, that the market is appreciating so there's just more million-dollar sales? Yeah, I mean, a lot of those homes, you know, were probably $800,000 homes a year, two years ago, and now they're pushing over that million-dollar mark easily. Yeah, yeah. So you had 47 single-family sales in our little corner of the world. With a median price of 586, which is up 3.3% from last year, that's for the month of April. The median price was that, but there was also 81 pending sales, which is the most since August of last year. So in June, when we do the May numbers, you're going to see a, a big spike in, in sales. 
I might interject here, and Sean may have heard this as well, that the NAR was saying that I think last month nationally was the first time that buyers were exceeding the number of listings, and that there was, there was some indication nationally of the market cooling. We're not seeing that wholeheartedly here in the Seacoast because we're still a bargain compared to Boston. You know, you, you list something, for example, in Portsmouth that is a hot property, and it's gone that afternoon. The last time we all spoke was in February. I wanted to know what has Sean done in the meantime. But you can finish what you're saying here, John, yeah, okay. and then I'll so, ask. Okay, and on the condominium side, uh, you had uh, 30 available units as May began, and you had 39 transactions for the month that closed at a uh, median price of 515, which is up 12.1% from last year. The uh, 30 sales that we had in April was the fewest since 2015 like single-family sales, kind of a paltry number. And so overall, when you sum up the first four months of, of April of 2022, the market is off 27.3% in terms of uh, transactions, but up 5.1% in terms of median price to $610,000. That's the median price mm. of a home here. We're, we're seeing some amazing prices for some pretty ordinary uh, not you know ordinary property, and condominium sales are off twenty five point nine percent, but the median price of a condominium here is up thirty five point two percent to five twenty five. So it's a tough uh, market for uh, buyers, and with the the rise of interest rates now no longer a bargain. They're they're over five percent. So say goodbye to those all time record low interest rates. The buyers are getting slammed, but there are signs that the inventory, from what I'm hearing, is coming back nationally. Hopefully, that'll be a trend here, and, and that would make things a little less competitive for buyers. That's that's what I'm hearing. Not exactly what I'm seeing, but uh, Sean, you want to jump in on that? So I just kind of want to touch on what John was talking about, yeah. kind of what we're seeing nationally versus what we're seeing here, and wanted to get your thoughts, John, on with interest rates going up. And, you know, losing buying power and everybody that has refinanced those historically low rates in the last two years, do you foresee that inventory might even get tighter because of that? Because people are less likely to sell because they don't want to go into these new higher interest rates at the moment? That's a, that's a strong possibility, Sean. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's who knows where it's going to go. The seller's yep. perspective. Could, yeah, they, they yep. benefit from the sell side right now, but... Than to go buy with the interest rates now at five and a half percent when right. they could be down at two point six five, whatever the you know the the bottom and out there was. The other side of the coin that we talked about last time was that sellers are reluctant to sell because they have no place to go. I mean that's still the same here, isn't it? Yeah, and so now if they do find a place to go, well you you can so oh well no we can't have it both ways here. We got to <laughs> raise the interest rates. So so there's so there's that part of it. You're absolutely right. So, Sean, what's been happening with you? Have you sold some houses? Have you helped? What's going on with your world of real estate? So I've got one listing that's live right now in Dover, New Hampshire, uh, that John and I have worked on, uh, 151 Dover Point Road. I had a closing on some land in northern New Hampshire, and then I have a closing coming up tomorrow in Portsmouth for a new construction home. So okay. um, pretty so excited. Not... And yeah, a few, uh, few upcoming listings coming in uh, Rye and Hampton. So uh, very excited for the next few months here. It's going to be busy. The one in Dover, how much is that going for right now? That is listed at 1.895 right now. It's 
very historic. Uh, allegedly, it was part of one of the first farms in America uh, from the Tuttle family. Yep. Built in 1789. Is that correct, John? The year that's George right. Washington that, visited? Yes, that's the year George. Yeah, you go. You took <laughs> the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> hey, it was a good year for the Seacoast. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Historic okay. year for the Seacoast. Right, right. And John, have you uh, have you been... Well, I, I was mentioning the Portsmouth market was. Toot your own and, horn here, John. Yeah, toot, toot well, some horns. I'm well, asking, I'm asking you This was a good to, one. Yeah, I want to well, hear yeah, about this. Okay, well, I, I, hadn't, uh, I hadn't done a multifamily in a long, long time, but I listed a six-unit multifamily in Portsmouth in a prime location, a lot of work, a lot of moving parts to that, uh, a lot of things you have to get together so that you sound like you know what you're talking about when you're showing the property, different ways of marketing it and so forth. They got all, all, everything together, opened the doors at 10 o'clock, and had a contract in my hands before 1 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> before 1 o'clock in the afternoon. That's good marketing oh, yeah. right there. That is yeah, good marketing. Right. And... Uh, before the sun went down, I had a backup contract for more. Oh my gosh! So, now is it uh, over the selling price? Like a lot of well, things. Well, I can't been... really. I, it, it's very, very. I can't. I can't say anything. That's but okay. It was very, but it's uh, both okay. really strong offers. Okay. Yep. And but so I saw firsthand, and um, and I also had Saturday all sold out, but uh, my seller decided to uh, move on and just accept what we had in hand rather than. Uh, you take, you know, the, the bird in hand, so forth. And often that times the first offer is the best one. Mm-hmm. So we moved ahead. You know, you're always in the Portsmouth Herald. We know that. But right, you want right. to talk about the New Hampshire Realtor magazine and your commercial podcast you were a part well, of. Well, yeah, that was nice. Uh, that came out of the blue, the New Hampshire Realtor magazine profile. That was a very nice honor to be profiled. And they wanted some words of wisdom from me. I always say, bottom line is, uh, you got to have faith, hope, and love. You have to have Faith in yourself, hope that you will succeed, and love your business and the people that you work with. If you go through the business with that attitude, you can't help but succeed. Mm-hmm. So that was my that was point that I I tried to make. You've been doing this for a long time. They wanted to know what's the highlight of your career. Real highlight of my career, which was not in that, not in that. Uh, it had and it happened. I don't know. We, have we talked about? About the time that I showed Rudolph Nuria for property in, in York. Who yeah. is that again? You, you youngsters wouldn't remember him, but... Doesn't ring a bell. Rudolf Nuriev was a great Russian ballet star. He was the one of the number one celebrities of the early 1970s. And what made him unusual was he was also a ballet guy. And so all of a sudden you had all these people wanting to see Nuriev dance in New York City. And lo and behold, it came that a Cobro called me up and said, I have a buyer who is very famous, and it's a male. I can't tell you who it is, but he's not a singer. And I said, uh, oh, so is it Rudolf Nureyev? (laughs) (laughs) That's unbelievable. I said, said, well, I just made a guess, you know. (laughs) Well, do you have anything? And I said, yeah, well, we have have a hip pocket listing in York Harbor. It's a big mansion. Uh, it's got about 22 rooms. It's got four tennis courts. It's got four acres. It's right on the ocean. I think maybe Rudy might, you know, want to see that. So Cobrook said, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll come on Sunday. Now, at the time, I was a part-time school teacher, 23 years old. You know, so I'm teaching at Berwick Academy, making five grand a year. <laughs> and uh, so this is really kind of a huge moment for me when this limo comes hauling into the <laughs> into the Dave Desmond RE agency parking lot with dirt swirling all around it and everything. And I come out in my little coat and tie. I'm like, oh, hi, Mr. Nuria. Let me, 
Uh, I'll be happy to take you over to show you this place, which was selling, by the way, for the unheard of price of $125,000. And what did 120... you say interest rates were back then? 18%. Oof. That's Oof. what they were. Brutal. The fog was rolling in, and he was in sort of a cape thing. We were showing, I, I remember this one image. It was a long time ago. It was, it was 50 years ago, basically, mm-hmm. when this happened. He said, I, I could not have the horses here. I need to ride my horses. So I thought, ah, rats. And the next, so he goes off, and the next thing I know, he's performing that night, that Sunday night, he's performing in New York City. And then I read in the Boston Globe that he bought uh, a place in Vermont. So oh, that's, that's my real estate story. Oh, that's great. I love so that. that. Was, now, what about this podcast you were a part of? That sounds okay, fascinating. That came, that came out of the blue. The Stewart Partners wanted a local expert to talk with uh, Laura Canoy. Uh, she's with uh, New Hampshire Public Radio. I don't know that you're familiar with her. Oh, yeah. So it was Laura Canoy and Renee Welchman of Keller Williams in Rhode Island. And it was all about the emotional side of buying. And obviously, we see it. And uh, I said, well, you know, it's kind of right up my alley because I have my master's degree in guidance counseling. And I've often told my uh, buyers and sellers, you're lucky I have a degree in counseling. (laughs) (laughs) I can help you through this. And they they often said, you know, I am glad you have that degree. So, yeah, you see a lot of emotion and you see some you see personalities change and you see people that were really sweet and nice become monsters and and uh, uh, who you thought were just the most gentle little dove, now using salty language uh, and stuff like that. And then on the other hand, uh, you see in this market uh, uh, quite a few buyers who exhibit a lot of grace under pressure and are very calm. And for the most part, I, I, I think behave very, very well. And um, Sean, you, I'm sure you've seen it uh, about the emotion in the buying process. And, you know, kind of like you said, it, you know, it can change people's personalities, but Having a rational buyer, I think, comes from us educating them up front on what's happening in the market right now, uh, what to expect going into maybe an open house or a showing, and then what to expect when an offer is being submitted, when it's a multiple offer situation, what their options are. So, you know, setting them up for that um, on the front end, I think, helps kind of keep their emotions in check Mm -hmm. and, you know, so they don't make a rash decision or get aggravated. Even though, you know, there probably is some aggravation if you miss out, miss out on a home that, mm-hmm. you know, you truly love. But, I mean, that's just the market right now. And if you've been trying for two years to buy a home and every t- and someone scoops in with cash every time, yeah, people are going to get angry. And you're dealing with the place that they need to live and money, <laughs> the, the two things that make people, you know. Two very important factors, right? right? It's crazy. Yeah. Your job is to handle the whole situation the you know the numbers and the emotions that's what you're being paid for uh now let's talk about wyndham new hampshire compare and contrast with wyndham new hampshire and the portsmouth area i did this uh, as as on a lark because i did a story about million dollar sales away from the seacoast for the portsmouth herald and um there was only one town that has a consistent inventory and very impressive inventory of million dollar towns and that's like and that's Wyndham, New Hampshire. And this is talking in Rockingham County. Okay. I mean you can go to the Great Lakes, you can go to other parts of New Hampshire and find million dollar markets. But um, if we're talking Rockingham County, which is where the seacoast is, then you're talking Wyndham is the only non seacoast part of of that where this would happen. So I thought it'd be fun to compare and contrast with Portsmouth, which is 
a bogus comparison, but let's go ahead and do it anyway. Sure. So uh, Wyndham is a town that is seemingly in the middle of nowhere, but it's really quite close to three major population centers, uh, Nashua, Manchester, and Lawrence, Mass. Portsmouth is firmly situated on the coast, right, bu- right between the New Hampshire and Maine borders. Wyndham is a uh, leafy community with an entirely different sense of place than Portsmouth. George Washington definitely did not visit there and had no intention of visiting there. He came, he came up the coast. But what did and still did visit Wyndham is Route 93. Uh, to coin a phrase in terms of what drives value in Wyndham, it's, it's the commute, stupid. Uh, I mean, you, you can commute from to, to Nashua, to Manchester, to Lawrence, to Boston. You can hop on 495 from there and you're out of there. And it's not way up in the corner of the Northeast like Portsmouth is. So Wyndham, in fact, has had a love affair with Massachusetts right from the get-go because the town was incorporated in 1741 by Governor Benny Wentworth. He took power in 1741, so it was one of the very first things he did. And he was a Portsmouth boy. He did so shortly after the Massachusetts-New Hampshire border was established. Portsmouth, on the other hand, is fiercely proud of not being Boston, Mm -hmm. doesn't want to be Boston, but wants to be just as cool as Boston is. So be that as it may, Wyndhamites maintain their tax-free New Hampshire lifestyle. They can hop on the interstate easily, be in Boston well under an hour, traffic notwithstanding. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned all the other access. And it's also close to uh, Raytheon Corporation, which is a big defense industry center, and the Manchester Airport, which is one of the nicest airports anywhere to get in and out of. It's a dream. Absolute Um, dream. It really is. It's well-planned. It has an excellent school system, engaged parents. It has uh, some nice recreation spots. Uh, we know Cob- Cobbett's Pond, which is 302 acres, Foster's Pond, Natural Area, Canopy Lake Park. And then the, I didn't know this, and I asked a Wyndham resident, uh, hey, uh, what's special about Wyndham? And uh, he said, well, you got to talk about the Searles Castle, which is a, it's a castle that was built around um, 1905 for an incredible amount of money. And it has it's on a 175-acre estate, mostly used for functions, a fancy little add-on to your things to do. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, it's warmer there than it is here because it's not next to the uh, ocean. Now, let's get, Pierre, let's get down to the financial situation. Yeah. Wyndham's real estate taxes are 1862. In Portsmouth, they're 1503, but uh, poised to go up. And that's per 1,000. That's correct, per 1,000. Ours are going to go up about 50 cents uh, next year if things go the way they're supposed to go. The Wyndham's population is 14,008. Ours is 22,191. By ours, I'm talking Portsmouth. But the Wyndham market, by contrast, has been much more active and, and diverse than ours. Some interesting stats. They, at the time that I did this story, Wyndham had done uh, 244 sales. We have done 169 in Portsmouth. And they had eight sales in Wyndham under 300. Uh, there were none in Portsmouth under 300. Okay. They had, uh, this is kind of an interesting stat, they had 36 $1 million plus sales with none exceeding 1.9. We had 38 $1 million, million sales with seven over 2 million and three over 4 million. That's the ocean mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, and then, so for the two towns, it couldn't be more different. The median prices are just about the same. Wyndham is six ninety one five, and Portsmouth is seven hundred thousand dollars. That's pretty incredible. That's interesting. A quick bogus comparison <laughs> of, of uh, 
Wyndham and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So let's talk about recreation now. It's It looks like it's getting very pretty in your neck of the woods. I see green out the windows there. What does everybody do to relax and enjoy themselves? Sean, let me hear. I know you probably play golf, but what else do you like to do in the in the warmer months and away from the seacoast? We're not going to talk about what you do in the water. Everybody knows that. But well, you already took summer. my my number one point of golf. Okay. Um, so, I mean, New, New Hampshire, you have just some fantastic golf courses throughout the state, uh, especially as you head up into the mountains. Uh, you've got golf courses that have just spectacular mountain views. Um, you know, one of my favorites, and I think John's going to touch on this as well, is uh, the Mount Washington Resort. So they've got 27 holes there, and their 18-hole golf course is my favorite in the state. Okay. Um, and I actually, I worked there as my first pro job. So, um, you know, a little biased on that sure. one. But um, yeah, I mean, there's that. If I'm going to get away and not golf, definitely like going to the lakes. Uh, you can't beat going to the lakes on a hot summer day. Or, I mean, as John likes to do as well, uh, love going hiking. There's okay. a lot of good hiking uh, in the warmer months here. And I mean, it's nice to to see all the greenery from above, uh, especially mm-hmm. some of these mountains that you get above tree line on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of 4,000 foot mountains here in New Hampshire. So uh, there's just a lot of a lot of good things that you can get away and do in a day. And they're for all skill levels. You know, you can touch, you can go for an easy hike. You can go for a very demanding hike. So it, mm-hmm. it, it you know, it has something for everyone. So John, what about you? On this 84 degree day here in New Hampshire, unbelievable, on the seacoast, I agree with Sean. My number one is the is Mount Washington Hotel for the same reason for the mountains. I I've climbed all of New Hampshire's four thousand footers. There's forty eight of them. Wow! And um, the Mount Washington is the cushy way of going, having a great breakfast, and then just going right out the door. You can pick up a trail lunch at the little railroad station. It's right by the Cog Railway Road. Not pay hotel prices for your lunch, mm-hmm. and and you're you're within like five or six trailheads within 15 minutes. I mean, that's the one thing from Portsmouth when we go mountain climbing, it's a two hour drive. So you have to leave, you have to leave here at six o'clock in the morning to really do it right. Um, so there it's nice to bankers hours, leave the hotel around 8.15 and be right there. And you can bring a dog. Uh, okay. you, you could actually have a dog at the Mount Washington, not in the hotel proper, but there's a section of it that you can. So I, I do like hiking with with my dog. Yeah, the food, the ambiance, the mountains, that's a, when I think of getting away, that's the place I'd like to get away. Locally, if I can break away, I just go over to Stratum Hill Park in Stratum to walk the dog. And the beauty of that is that I can let him off the leash there. He's a husky mix. And uh, he can run for an hour and really let it loose. And every other dog is out there doing the same thing. So socialization... Good exercise for both of us and reconnecting with our spirits for a, a Friday night. And you can only do that really well in the Portsmouth area. Go out for fried clams. Mm. So <laughs> go out for fried clams, some rings, uh, good conversation. You see everybody at the bar. That's uh, a nice. Uh, that's a nice tradition around here. Plus the theater. Talk a little bit about the theater uh-huh, the and theater. arts. I mean, that's really beautiful. There's there's a lot of you might have to drive a little ways to get to some of the theaters, but I have, we have season tickets to a Gunkwa Theater, which has a lot of actors, equity actors from New York City. Uh, in fact, they they're very biased towards that uh, those guys. That so there's excellent skill. The dancing and singing is out of this world. 
So you can make an evening of that. I mean, you could, if you want to go on Friday night, the curtain, the curtain is at 8 o'clock, so you could go out to dinner. Uh, you avoid the Boston traffic by taking the coastal route. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, that's a very nice outing. Of course, uh, I, in the fall and in the wintertime, we have uh, the University of New Hampshire football team, and I have season tickets for all the home games, and they're a very competitive program. And then you have UNH hockey in the wintertime, and they play the big boys like Boston College, BU, Michigan comes in. We've had North Dakota coming in. So, yeah, it's a... Um, a lot of players in the NHL. That's right, exactly. From that program play, that are in the NHL players. now. So it's a yep. strong program there. And, uh, in football, too, uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah, uh, Chip. Of course, big guy. And the, and the head coach at uh, Ohio State, Ryan Day, was the quarterback at UNH. So uh, the program has really produced some pretty big folks and... Uh, that's it's exciting. something to do, for sure. Yeah. Uh, next time, we'll be watching how lack of inventory uh, and the rising interest rates affect the heart of the real estate market in New Hampshire. And uh, we can maybe talk about your walking tour that you do in Portsmouth. That sounds that, like a lot of I wondered, fun. I wondered if you were going to mention that. I've yeah. been studying forever on that. So I'm going to have 25 Wildcat alumni, uh, that's UNH Wildcat alumni, who are celebrating their 50th reunion. I'm taking them around Portsmouth on this walking tour in early June. So I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, Keep me in your thoughts and prayers as we. (laughs) Oh, they'll love it. That's a lot to manage. Yeah, they'll love you. It's going to be a lot to manage. Hey, you used to be a drill sergeant. You can handle those things. There you you go. That's right. All in. Anything else you want to tell? Any words of wisdom for people trying to buy a home in your area? Well, just, you know, from my standpoint, uh, I just hang in there and, you know, Maintain your sense of humor. You're never going to buy a house by just giving up. Right. Uh, and, you know, have faith in your realtor. I mean, your, your realtor wants to make the sale as well. Uh, it, it's tough. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Sales are hard to come by. When you when you don't have the listing, sales are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. So um, there, you can you can trust your realtor to be working hard, harder than they normally would. Now, normally they work hard. And I have a great deal of faith in the real estate community, uh, both at Tate and Foss and outside of it. Good people all around for the most part. And, um, uh, you know, hang, if you hang have, in there, basically. Hang in there. Hang okay. in there. Yeah. All right. And if you have a home, sell it. Yes. Listen <laughs> yeah, with us. Please no. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then we will talk again in August 2022. Thank you, Thank Michelle. You. Take care. Thanks for listening to Seacoast Real Talk with John Rice. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are published quarterly. For help with your podcast, find Modcast Productions on the web at modcastproductions.com.